Hey, welcome back to the Jesus Magnet Podcast. I'm your host, Joel, and together with my wonderful wife, Laura, we are joined with Joy Gushlach. Yes. Am I saying that right? <laughs> possibly. Possibly. <laughs> Hello. Where, where's it that originated? Germany. Germany. Okay. German. So you're a, yep. you're a German, mm-hmm. German girl. So, so. Um, yeah, Joy, thank you for joining us on the Jesus Magnet podcast. No problem. We actually have to give Joy a huge credit because our equipment failed us last time we did our podcast with Joy <laughs> and wiped the memory of the episode before we were able to save it. So Joy is joining us for take two. Take two. Yep. So, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Um, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so much grace here. Um, yeah, so Joy, you're at um, Youth with a Mission in Nelson. I am, that is correct. Yep. And um, you're on staff, so you disciple young lads and ladies into mm-hmm. um, walking closer with Christ and, and doing all that. Exactly, yeah. yeah. How long have you been doing that for? I've been doing that for, I'd say, a year and a half now. Year and a half. Okay. Yeah, maybe a bit more. But wow. I joined YWAM two almost two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very neat. And um yeah, so yeah, just thank you for joining us. You know, your testimony was really neat. I remember last time <laughs> I listened to it. Um so I'm excited to hear it again. And um yeah. So um I suppose we'll start off. Have you always been a Christian? I have. I have I um, grew up in a Christian home, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I've kind of never really gone astray in, in that sense, like, thing. Yep. <laughs> Did you find that your um, faith was kind of piggybacked on your parents, or did you always have your own faith? Um, I would say, oh, that's kind of, I, I would say I definitely have always had my own faith, but um i guess there always comes a point in life where you have to decide whether it's your your own faith or you're just doing it because of what your parents believe Mm. i feel like that comes up in everyone's walk with the lord um if they've grown up christian and um yeah so i definitely have had that point Mm. in my life yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. awesome um tell me about your lifestyle what was it like growing up um, so I grew up in Nelson, um, which is where I still am. Um, I grew up with my three siblings and my parents, um, and I guess pretty. I've pretty much had a pretty average, uh, average, normal, <laughs> <laughs> normal childhood. Um, good childhood, um, and teenage years, and and yeah, my mom's Christian, and my dad's not yet, but he is a legend. I love him to bits, and yeah, I'm just believing that he will find God. Um, yeah. Mm. Cool. I might just get you to bring that mic a little bit closer to your mouth, Joy. Thank you. No problem. There we go. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Joy, where does your testimony begin? Hmm. Good question. I mean, <laughs> I do, guess... Do you start as, I was, a, I was born at a young age? I was... I was born. At a young age? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I was born. (laughs) Um, I guess my testimony does begin um, when I was a kid um, because, you know, as as I said before, I grew up Christian. Um, My grandfather was uh, um, and still is actually a pastor. Um, So that really influenced my Christian faith and my walk with God as a child and even as a teenager. Um, yeah, he really showed me the way of God, and same with my mum too. And so I guess I just never questioned whether God was real growing up or not. Um, so when you say your granddad um, sort of showed you that uh, that God was real in, your, in his life, he, he was able to disciple you in that sense, what did that look like? Was it just you seeing him reading his Bible a lot or preaching mm. a lot, or what was that? Um, I guess all of that, like he's a very, he just loves God so much. He's very dedicated to God. And I guess I would see him doing his quiet times with the Lord, Mm. um, praying a lot, um, leading groups. But I think the thing that he most, um, 
most in the most helpful way <laughs> I was trying to put put the words to that um showed me about God is he just taught me about the Holy Spirit mm. and about the peace of God and what that looks like and he would he would come and tell me to um sit down and do this thing where you just close your eyes and you imagine Jesus in front of you and just and ask Jesus where you're imagining what he would show tell or give you so he would teach me that growing up and I found that so helpful like I didn't even realize I just thought it was just so normal like um mm. I guess that everyone kind of did that and and um I don't know I just I just always thought God's God and and that's that I guess I did I, I was like looking back at it and I I do realize that I did realize that um not everyone believed in God because I guess m- my dad mm-hmm. and just f- other family members um <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um and um got the old covid cough here. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> I just felt myself inhale a bit of um fluff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then <coughs> the cough just adds to it. <laughs> um so yeah so I guess I just ha- I I did have that realization that not everyone believed in God but um but I, I don't know I just always thought you know God's God mm. and that's that there's yeah. not really a question mm. about it and and so yeah so that's how I kind of grew up and that led into my teenage years as well um of course I saw more people not believing in God so much but mm. I still was like God's God and that's that and um and so yeah, I guess okay. yeah. So you've got have you got any brothers or sisters? Yeah, I have one brother and two sisters. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And they're they're in Nelson. They are. So and they've developed a faith of their own. Um. Yeah, I would say some some of them, are just gone on a bit of a journey, of mm. course, as we all do. Um. But yeah, I would say, um, my sisters more in particular definitely believe in God and. It's really cool to see, um, yeah, just how, you know, God's leading and guiding them through their lives, mm. and um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's um, let's jump into uh, I, I suppose that the, the catalyst moment of your testimony, where you have um, was it the deteriorating muscles or something like yeah. that? I might not be saying that describing it right. Yeah. Um. So. I guess like a big part of my testimony, even though like I didn't even fully realize it, um, um, but I guess that it is that while growing up, although I had like this faith in God and everything, I was very ill um, with a whole bunch of um, health conditions. Um, I was very sick with kidney disease um, as a a young child and um, I was... Should I tell the, the kidney story? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Let's hear it. So I, I was, from the last time I recorded the podcast, I was explaining a story that happened to me when I was a baby, um, which is a really cool story, is I was born very ill um, with a thing called renal reflux, and it's kind of normal for um, kids to be born with that. Um, it's a kidney disease. Um, but it's not normal for it to be grade five, which is like you need surgery and health care and, and stuff. For that, usually it like kind of just mm. um, fixes itself, and you're all mm. good, and you go on with life. But um, I didn't. I needed help, um, and so when I was a baby, I was very sick. And when I was six weeks old, um, my parents um, were. Uh, when I was six weeks old, I was having an appointment because um, I was going to be having a, a major surgery at six weeks old, and. Um, I had I had the kidney scans beforehand because you just do a, a routine scan and then you come and have an appointment before you have your surgery. And when I was a baby, um, just before my parents were going into that appointment, um, my grandparents and the church had been praying for me and felt that I was going to be totally healed of this disease. Mm. And my grandma actually called my mum um while they were waiting and my mum was like no don't you dare say this like she was mad she wasn't a christian at the time and she was like um don't you tell me that everything's gonna be okay when my 
when my child's like super Just that sick. false hope. Yeah. Yep. That like, Ugh, don't, how dare you come and you're not living this or I don't know mm. what she was thinking, mm. but she was, she was saying she was really angry and, um, but yet, <laughs> um, <laughs> she, um, what's that ad? Is it Robitussin? Oh, yeah. <laughs> when somebody coughs. <laughs> Mummy, what do we say when we when people sneeze? We say, bless you. What do we say when they cough? Robitussin. Robitussin. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even know what I was up to. Oh, there we go. Um, I remember. Um, yeah, so she went to the appointment with my dad. And in the appointment, the doctor said, I don't know how to tell you guys this, but your daughter, her scans are fully clear and she is healed. Um she, yeah, I mean, wow. she, yeah, she, her scans are clear, and he said, this is a miracle. Like, he told them, this is a miracle. Oh, wow. He's only seen that happen once before in his career, from grade five to, like, nothing. Um, so, have you still got any issues with your kidneys? Not, no, not now. Wow. Um, so, fully healed. Yeah. Um, it was just, it was crazy, and um, so... That was a really cool story uh, um, that I guess throughout my faith that I was always like, oh, no, God is real. God is real because he healed my kidney. Mm. Um, but I guess that story also wasn't fully my story, even though I was, you know, the main character in it. Well, <laughs> I was I was part of it. Um, I guess that, that was a lot of about my mum's faith and journey with God. Mm. Um, yeah. But but I thought it was a, it's a cool story that I like to share because it's like, whoa. God mm. did yeah. that, even though I have no memory of it. Um, that's still, but you know, yeah. like that's how much God cares. He doesn't yeah. need the um, the ego of mm. of saying, you know, oh, it was me the whole time. Yeah. But it's so important to recognize that, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like it was it was God that that pulled you out from having that horrible disease with your kidneys, mm -hmm. totally healing you. Yeah. And it was a testimony, not just for your mum. Mm -hmm. um, was it, was it your grandma? That, yeah. That also wasn't really a believer at the time. Yeah. And then also the doctor. Yeah. And then everybody else that's listening to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For everyone. Yep. Yeah. No, it was crazy. And it was just cool that um, my grandparents, they, they had that faith to call my mum um, and tell her that. Because if they if they didn't like I don't know it was like stepping out in faith for them too because my yeah. mom wasn't Christian at the time she yeah. is now and is so on fire for God but yeah. back then you know yeah it, it's just really cool when it was so neat yeah so tell us a little bit about your childhood you grew up mm -hmm. after that and and yep. it is a relatively normal fashion <laughs> in, in Nelson yep yep no you do grow up that is something that happens in life. Yep. Um, but yeah, I grew up and then again, when I was about, um, seven or eight, so I had, a, I had a good few years of being pretty healthy. Um, and then when I was about seven or eight, um, this, a different kidney disease <laughs> came, um, again, and my kidney was twisting and, and it was causing me extreme pain. Hang on, and you had two kidney diseases. Yeah. <laughs> no. uh, yeah um i don't know if they were connected somehow um but i i don't know if it's but i just had this it, it just came up again i guess when i was seven or eight yeah um it caused extreme pain um to me um and i, I just couldn't do much mm. um and it would get worse and worse and worse and um i it was like little things like um, I couldn't really go to school um, much during that time and also just couldn't I couldn't run I could I was very underweight mm. and I was very like I was very sick and like for example I remember once um, when I went to to girl guides um, which is like a I guess like scouts but the girls version of scouts mm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, yep. and I think it was about 10 at the time and I remember watching um, the other girls in, in the group. They were, like, doing jump rope. And I thought, oh, I can do it just this once. I, I can do it. And I did it. But it, I, I was in so much extreme pain afterwards. I was, like, vomiting, not because I felt sick, but because I couldn't – my body couldn't handle the amount of pain. That was, like – Wow. It, it was horrible. Like, it was just so painful. So, so what, do you, painful. what do you do as a kid like that? 
you know? Yeah. It was just, I honestly, I, this is, I, I weirdly have good memories through this time, mm. which I feel like is totally God just protecting me and mm. and yeah. being there for me, even though I didn't realize it. Like I, I look back now, I'm like, he's just been so good and so faithful because I just got, I kind of came through it with such happiness, even mm. though it shouldn't be. But like, I just, I could just remember like a really good memory is like, did you guys ever play Wii? <laughs> like the, the, uh, the, like um, the game TV boy thing. thing? The game thing? Yeah. Yeah. It was like my mum's special like gaming exercise thing. But <laughs> when I was sick, I was allowed to play the Wii. <laughs> so, oh yeah, I just remember having great times. I got times. real sick after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot. <laughs> just so sick. No. <laughs> no, I was, it was, yeah, that was a plus. And I guess also in my 10 year old head, I didn't have to go to school. Mm. So, you know, that's <laughs> always a plus. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely hard and tough and but again i just never questioned that god wasn't real because god was real and mm. you know that that's that's it and um when i was 11 um i had a surge i had surgery for my kidneys finally um after years of they just couldn't figure out what was happening and they didn't have the right equipment in nelson to um be able to truly see what my kidney diagnosis was and um, so it took ages actually, um, and I was ten, and I was very underweight and um, like couldn't couldn't really walk very far at all. Mm. And um, I also think of this as God healing me just in a different way. Mm. Um, uh, so I had my surgery when I was eleven, and I've had no kidney problems since that surgery. Wow. Yeah, um, praise the Lord. To this day, it's just so cool because I like I. I think that that's that's not normal. Like, you know, they usually check up on you and you have scans and things, mm-hmm. um, just to make sure it doesn't come back and and everything. And I, I've stopped having to have those scans now because, yeah, I I just look now I look back and I'm like, well, God, you really healed me. Like, you set me free from that again. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, which was awesome. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. So so you've had two um, massive kidney testimonies yes. and you're only 11 years old yes all right what's happening after that because <laughs> i if i recall you got into roller skating oh yeah got into roller skating <laughs> i love that <laughs> so i left my old life of kidney disease behind and i got into roller skating <laughs> and i mean i know this sounds like kind of like maybe a, a bit boring or i don't know geez or whatever but like that's just what you do as a kid in New Zealand. Like you just can't, you grow up, you do sports. Um, yeah. You know, like I just had an average life. Yeah, I had like the health problems and everything, but mm. my story's not really out of, out of extreme ordinary, mm. ordinary or anything. Um, but yeah, I got into sport, um, the roller skating. Mm. Um, I loved it so much. Um, I was homeschooled, and so it just. It was like a lot to me. Like it was my my life really, the roller skating. Mm. Um and and yeah, but at about thirteen years old, um my legs, my knees started turning inwards, kinda like quite knocked need. Mm. And but we went to a physio and to the doctor and they're like, Oh, it's just you're growing, like because it's kinda normal. They mm. said it's kinda normal, you're just growing. Um they they did cause me a lot of pain. Um, so I did stop roller skating for just a little bit, um, but um, but yeah, that kind of, that that happened. And then um, one day when I was fifteen, um, oh yeah, I guess it would be also good to say is that in between that time of being like thirteen and fifteen or whatever, I was always quite sick as well. Like I was healed from kidney disease, but. I don't know, like, I, I really look back at it and I'm like, I feel like the the devil is just trying to knock me down with illness all the time. Mm. Um, or it's just something I had to go through to be where I am now. But I was always just genuinely, genuinely sick, like, um, just tonsillitis, colds and just always out of it. And that's, like, also why I didn't go to school because I just couldn't manage mm. it. Yeah. Um, and... 
I could do a bit of roller skating, which was great. Um, but yeah, when I was 15 years old, um, my my life changed a lot because um, I was one day on the rink and my wheel locked in um, my bearing and I, I smashed my kneecap actually um, on the rink. And Ow. It was, <laughs> it was, on, the, on the concrete yeah. ice skating rink, right? Yeah, concrete. <laughs> it's like ice skating, but it's roller skating, but it's concrete, not ice. Yeah. Mm. So it was... We actually saw that, didn't we, when we were walking around Nelson? Didn't we see... Ah. Um, oh, we did see uh, roller skating something. Yeah. Roller skating yeah. rink. Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that must be where Joy went yeah. roller skating as a kid. <laughs> do you still get a chance to do it now? I tried it once now. Yeah? Um, but I can only <laughs> only skate with one leg. It's a, yeah, no. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was quite fun. It just and takes extra skill. It's just <laughs> extra... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, I did get back on it. Yeah. Um, on the rink, so that's good times. But but yeah, so um smashed the old knee and um and had surgery for that. Um and you know, you you do injuries in life, you know. It just mm. it's quite normal. Um but what wasn't normal was I just never recovered from that surgery and to today till today, um I still can't run mm. and I've lost all my Muscle, my like, oh, what thigh? No, quads. Quad. Quad. Yeah. Quad muscle. Okay. Um, on the sleg, it's yep. like it's not there. Oh, I see. Um, so so yeah, so it really did change my life that day, um, in numerous ways, but it also, um, yeah, um, really, I guess, brought mm. me closer to God in other ways, um. And so you've lost all that muscle due to your knee injury and surgery. Um, no. So that's what they, why I was, I was constantly having appointments and doctor's appointments from that point on because I never recovered properly from it. Yeah. And it's not normal. Um, okay. And ever since that day, I haven't been able to like walk without pain or anything. Um, yeah. It's been a lot better, but. Um, they discovered after a few years from about 15 to 18 um, of trying to figure out what was wrong with me because I was having a few other issues. Um, they diagnosed me with a muscular condition called muscular dystrophy. Um, okay. What does that mean in, a, in, a, in layman's terms? <laughs> I actually don't fully understand it, but it means it's like a deterioration of your muscles. Um, like, so like, you know how like you go out and do like exercise or whatever, just mm-hmm. say you went for a run yeah. and you went for a long run. Um, for me, that would be like quite bad because instead of building up the muscle, the muscle like dies. Mm. Yeah. I'm like not fully sure about it, but um, the interesting thing is, is that they could never fully diagnose me an exact type of muscular dystrophy because there's lots of different types. They could never properly put a label um, on what type. Um, so on my doctor's records as of like now and today, it says muscular dystrophy, like joy has muscular dystrophy. But I really believe um, that in God's God's record of me, I don't. Mm. Um, and... <coughs> And I believe that, um, yeah, um, he, no one's ever been able to label me for a reason. And I feel like, yeah, cause God has healed me a lot. And, um, and I just believe that he doesn't want that label on me, mm. um, which is really cool. And so, <coughs> yeah, I don't even like really tell people much about it because, um, I just say, oh yeah, like I have a bad leg, like mm. I have bad muscles or whatever, but um, yeah, just because I'm just like I don't even really need to speak that over my life because it's not who I am. Yeah. Um, but don't get me wrong. If anyone's listening and has a a, a health condition, I understand what that's like too, and mm. it it's like a balance of being real about it, but also not taking that on as your identity. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we yeah. had this awesome girl on. Shout out Chloe if you're listening. 
and she had a breakthrough of depression. Mm. And um, throughout her testimony, she she talks about mm. identifying with depression. Yeah. And she was taught, and I think there's a lot of wisdom in this, and, and it could be with, with any health condition, is um, she was not she was told to never say, I have depression. Yeah. yeah. But to say, I struggle with or suffer yeah. Yeah. depression. Um, and that way it doesn't, it's, it's not connected to you yeah. as a person. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, I, I have a broken arm, you know, but you're not always going to have a broken arm, yeah. mm, you know, it yeah. can be healed. Yeah. And, um, the moment she started telling herself that, that it was not part of who she was as yeah. a person, that's when God moved. And that's when God said, mm. I'm taking this from you because it's yeah. not you. Mm. Yeah. A lot of the time people think that it's part of their identity. Yeah. If, if they didn't have this, they wouldn't wouldn't be a full person. Mm. You know, it's like taking part of them away. But God's saying it's not part of you at all. Yeah. Let me take it. But yeah. we're, we're holding on to it subconsciously, not, yeah. not realizing that, it, yeah, there's power in that. That is so true. That that really is. And I think that what that's what happened to me when I was 18. So this is before my DTS and before I feel like my real like journey with God began. It began before that too, but I, it was like kind of like just, I guess I just kept going on. I mean, I just kept, I had a word it. Like I just did what I did as a Christian that I've always known to do. Until DTS, and that changed everything. But, um, but yeah, I guess when I was 18 and I got this diagnosis, um, I guess I kind of was like, oh, no, like I have muscular dystrophy and all these things I can't do now and I need to get checked. And I was getting weaker and weaker mm-hmm. and um, because that, that was my diagnosis. Like It was like you're going to get weaker and weaker and yeah. you're going to be in a wheelchair and you're going to – need all this help and everything and mm. and so I guess I kind of took it on like it's mm. part of my identity in some ways like not even realizing it but just being like oh now like I'm, I'm mm. weak and I just remember like feeling a lot more weak mm. and unable to walk like I like I can now like I used to limp a l- up so badly like but now it's a, a whole lot better mm. um that some people don't even notice and it's really, cool. really mm. cool. It can be, I mean, yeah, I, I love that. Never taken away from um, actually recognizing that you've got a an injury or mm-hmm. you've got uh, an illness or whatever it is, but not using that as part of your identity um, can be a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. You know, if you say that you can never do these things because of whatever has happened to me, um you, you will never do those things. Yeah. Um, there's a great quote that we've heard, and it's, whether you believe you can mm-hmm. or can't, you're correct. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, and uh, my dad had a, a similar mindset when he, he had this massive car accident in oh, 2001. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, he, was, he had in his head that he would be back to work in six weeks. Oh, right. And he had like lost his eye, oh, brain wow. damage, mm-hmm. arm de-sleep, broken both of his legs, his mm-hmm. back. Like mm-hmm. that's a lot. <laughs> like he's not getting better in six it's weeks. Probably, probably not. <laughs> but the funny thing is, is he because he was an architectural designer mm-hmm. and he was like you know halfway through certain people's projects. Yeah. And they would call him up, totally aware of him oh, having this massive right. car accident, sort of ready to pass it on to a different architectural designer. Oh. And he goes, it was one of his best mates, Andy, who was um, he was doing a, a drawing job for him at the mm-hmm. time. And he says, Andy, I'll be, I'm, I might be a little bit late with your um, your uh, design, uh-huh. but I'll, I'll be back at work in six weeks. <laughs> and Andy thought he was joking. Oh. <laughs> and my dad was totally serious. <laughs> and my dad didn't recognize that he was thought he was that his friend thought he was being sarcastic. Oh. He didn't recognize that. So oh, I see. All the work uh. did go to a different guy, and Dad uh. was pretty gutted. 
but he he had this constant motive in his mind mm. i will be back at work yeah now my dad should have never returned back to work right. that was the extent of his his accident right. he should still really not be working and he not only returned because of a miracle of god yep. giving him the mindset mm-hmm. of that gift mm-hmm. of i'm going to be okay mm-hmm. and in faith believing that he not only returned back to work, but had a successful architectural practice. Oh, wow. So that cool. never taking on the identity. Yeah. He could have gone, all right, I've lost, you know, half of my body in this car accident. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, I'm never going to be the full man again. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to and take on that identity. Mm-hmm. But he did exactly what you're do- you've been doing in your testimony. Yeah. You've been given this, you know, it's, it's just the hand that you were given, yeah. you know. But you're wor- you going, this isn't going to define me. I'm going to make the most of it. And, I, and you said earlier, um, I did what I did with, as the Christian with everything I thought I was supposed to do. Yeah. Sounds kind of confusing, a bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> bit of a tongue twister, for sure. But, <laughs> in other words, you just went, all right, Lord, this this is who I am. Uh, this this is what I've got to, my what I've got to carry. Yeah. I'm going to carry it well. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna let me slow me down. But it's gonna come with me. I still recognize I've got it, mm. but it's not gonna be the thing that stops me getting up in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Different, Sorry. Different sort of took over for a little no, bit. No, that there. that is so good. You, <laughs> that that actually is so good because it it could be so easy to do that, mm. and and I also like don't want to take away the struggles of of it as well. Like I did, I definitely did struggle. Um, and I don't, because I, I definitely have come across a few people who are like, okay, every day, just declare over your leg, healing, mm. healing, healing. And I'm not saying that that's not right either. Like, I yeah. totally don't want to mm. say what's right and what's not. But but um, for me, I fa- that was something that I really struggled with was healing. Um, because, again, like, at this time, I was 18, you know, I just, God was real. There's no question. Mm. Um I just keep walking the walk. Mm. Um, but the thing that I really struggled with was the thought of healing because at the time um, from like even when I was before I had the the um, broken leg and everything, um, I'd, I'd get pre- pray for, prayed for a lot even, and, and when I had um, the kidney disease when I was a kid too. Um, then I get prayed for a lot when I was um, older, like – people would ask me to come up the front for prayer or pull me aside from church for prayer. And I totally, totally get that. And I never want to discourage people from that. But for me, where I was at that moment, because yeah. I was a teenager and I was like, oh, this is so embarrassing. And mm. I just, I just, I, was, I really thought I was a bad Christian because I didn't want prayer. And I was like, I didn't want to, I guess, I guess didn't want to be healed in some way. Like, like I wanted to be healed, definitely wanted to be healed, but I just didn't like all the attention. Like mm. I just didn't, I found it really s- stressful and I would like avoid going to a healing church service or anything like that. Like if, because I had people say, oh, Joy, come over to this church. They're doing a healing service. Mm. And um, now I would go. <laughs> but back then um, I would be like, nah, nah, nah. Like I don't, don't want to be, asked to come to the front of church for everyone to pray for me. That's so, interesting. So it had nothing to do with um, knowing that God could heal you. Yeah. It was It was not, not about God, not about not having the faith. Mm-hmm. It's about not wanting the center of attention. Mm. Yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> it was like the the embarrassment of of it and, and like, I don't know, like I always thought to myself, if God if God's going to hear me, and I still think this to, think this to this day because – you know, like I'm still, I'm still not hundred percent. And I'm like, if God's gonna heal me, He's gonna do it, and I can't stop it, and and I can't make it happen. Mm. God's got it, mm. and whether I'm healed on earth or whether I'm healed in heaven, I'm gonna be healed one day. Mm. So I'm so excited for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so yeah, I just, I know it is, a, it is a real journey, and there's sometimes. When I'm like, God, why, why haven't you healed me? Like, why is this? And I, I don't understand. And um, I didn't. Again, when I was um, a teenager, I, I guess I didn't 
think that so much. I just thought that this this was it. Like, this is the journey God wanted me on. Um, and and then when um, I guess I came to YWAM, I realized, yeah, this is the journey God's taking me on. God's wanted me on. But that's not my identity. Mm. I'm I'm not the girl with muscular dystrophy. I'm Jesus' daughter. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. I, I've got a good life ahead of me. And, and yeah, actually when I was 18 um, and finished school, I studied early childhood for a bit, um, but I just couldn't keep up with it. It just was way too much physically. And, um, and yeah, so I was just before COVID happened in New Zealand when we had a lockdown, I was like pretty lost on what to do. Like I, I felt a bit directionless and I couldn't do much. Like I was quite sick and um, yeah, I guess that identity was more and more because it was like, I'm, I have muscular dystrophy. I can't do this. I can't work. I couldn't get a job. I applied for numerous heaps and heaps and heaps, numbers of jobs and no one would really want me because I can't work. That's probably mm. because there's no roller skate ra- waitresses. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. Nelson. You know, I was thinking that at the time too. Um, <laughs> that would have been my dream job. One, the one-legged roller job. skater. It's got to be the best job for you. Actually, totally. that should be the, the Nelson YWAM Cafe should be a yes. roller skate cafe. Oh, 100%. I think we should make that happen. Yep. Yeah. Let's do it. The tiny, like, how many meter room? That, and on the yeah. big hill. Oh, on a hill. Oh, even better. <laughs> it's you on know? a massive hill, the space. <laughs> yeah. Probably not good if you're learning on <laughs> the day. Not. You learned quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely. Yeah, so I was, in, I was in a bit of a pickle at the time, and I was just a little bit, you know, sad with life. I wouldn't say I was depressed at all, but I was just a bit like, uh, like a bit unhappy yeah. Um, and just yeah and even in church with my faith like at this time um, you know I was like just doing what you do as a Christian and I guess I got to this time and I kind of was like God is that it is like mm. is this all you are like I, I love church and I love my church and I'm still with them today but I guess I, I got to a place where after years and years of being there I already knew the sermons and like already mm. knew the teachings in church and yeah, there was like some things here and there that I didn't know, but like I, yeah, I, I mostly kind of like knew everything, even though I didn't know what they were going to say or anything, but I just kind of, yeah, it was in that, in that place in life. And I was a bit like, God, like there, there must be more, like there must be more. I remember sitting, there was one church service and um, the pastor was sharing probably a really good message but I wasn't listening <laughs> um and I was just like god like there's just there's got to be more out there and I d- had no idea how big god was because <laughs> I think when you grow up Christian you just kind of you grow up Christian and you go to church because that your family makes you go and you go along and yeah there's a there's a time where you can choose my mum I said there's you know there's an age it was like 15 or something where you could choose whether to go to church or not um so she never forced it um but she really encouraged us to go and and I went and I I never never didn't walk in relationship with God but I guess that I just didn't really truly fully know who God was like I didn't know how big and how alive and how real and how amazing he was you think um, you had like normalized yeah the concept of God in your mind you yeah. knew that it was real but you just yeah you, you normalized him yeah 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 I guess that would be a good good way of saying it and I loved him I I truly loved him and I still love him to this day and I loved him back then but um I think you know, like when you grow up Christian as well, it can be kind of hard because you don't have that before and after. Like, mm. um, and I'm not saying this is it like harder than other people's journeys at all. Like we're all on a different journey for a reason and God's placed mm. us here for a reason. And, yeah. um, but I guess it can be kind of like confusing in the faith when, when, um, you kind of don't have that comparison, mm. like you just always been. And another thing that I found so confusing was denominations because I, I kind of grew up on the same church. And then when I started discovering all these denominations, I was like, wait, like, hang on a minute. Like, who is God? Like, mm. what what is God? And and so I guess that was all building up. Like, I, I just got I, – I just started qu- having more and more questions. And mm. um, I guess 
just like realizing God was a bit, bit bigger than I than I first thought. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I never. Yeah, I loved him so much, and I never, I never found him boring. Yeah. But I did find church boring. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I, could, I think you're speaking to a lot of people there. Um, and I love my church. So if anyone from my church is listening, love you. <laughs> That's just where I was at. Um, but yeah. Um, so what made you um, take the leap of faith and do YWAM? Yeah. So I actually, at the time, my cousin had signed up to do YWAM in Townsville, Australia or something. And I just growing up like she's she's my best friend and she's always been like once I'm old enough I'm gonna go out and do missions overseas and I always thought to myself mm, nah that's not quite for me um it never really pulled me or grabbed me um but I so that's how I heard about YWAM um but then one day I was at this church service and I, it was in this time where I was like god there must be more um I was at this different church service at, a, at another church and this guy came and he prophesied over me and he said this season you're coming into is going to be a time of disciple discipling you um and I feel like you're going to do a course something like YWAM um he said and all your course fees are going to be paid for and so that got me a little bit more interested I was like oh okay um that that sounds good and then I bumped into a friend on the street um one day, and she was telling me all about King's Kids, which is a which is a kids program that we do here with YWAM. Um, and she was saying, "Oh, you should totally go and help out. You'd be great." And um, I was just thinking to myself at the time because I just finished like doing early childhood and not been able to do it. And I was a bit like, I love kids, but I was a bit like exhausted from it. And I was like, "No, there's no way." Um, but I don't. I actually was trying to figure this out. I have no idea what really properly made me go I can't remember um because I, I think I m- maybe messaged the YWAM base and they invited me over for like a cup of tea or something and introduced me and I actually remember being kind of scared on the fit on that on that day and I, so I was looking back now I'm like like why did I sign up to something I was scared of um but you know that it's God like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just totally God and I, I remember saying God I, I was like God if you want me to go you're going to have to provide the funds for me because I didn't have have um, all of the funds. And so I put up a give a little. And within three weeks, I, um, all, all my lecture phase, which was $5,000, was funded, paid wow. for. It's just three weeks before that school started. Woo-hoo. So, yeah, that wow. was a really cool story about And that's how- confirmation on the, the guy who prayed for you. Yeah. yeah. And so, totally. you know, not only are you going to do a course like YWAM or YWAM, but you don't have to worry about finances. It's going to be mm-hmm. paid for. Like yep. that's that's adding that little bit extra yep. to mm-hmm. the faith of mm-hmm. that guy who, who prayed for you. Yep. Definitely hearing the Lord's voice totally. because that's that's can be a tricky thing to do. I mean, raising five grand in three weeks. Yep. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Totally. Like that's a bold, that's a bold thing to say over someone. Like, yeah. Yeah. and that's not a coincidence. That's God. That's totally God speaking. Mm. Cause I, I did it. I did it. I went and did that discipleship course and all my fees were paid for. Like that's not a, oh, how did that happen? Kind of thing. That was not a coincidence, a God incidence. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, and it's the best decision I ever, ever made. It just changed my life. Like when I came to YWAM, I just realized I just didn't know much about God. I thought I knew a lot, um, but there was just so much more to know. Um, and God's that, big. God's big. Yeah. yeah. And he's so alive. And during this time as well, I just found that the word I can describe what happened was I just found life. Like God gave me life um, and light. I just felt so in my heart just felt like light and and life and um i found that my physical illness has been so much better like it's changed my me physically as well because of the life that god has placed inside me now Mm. my illness is you know it used to be like i'm joy with the illness but not anymore like that's not who i am and um and you know i feel like god was saying it's a bit of a testimony because 
like I just fully believe in the God who heals and restores because it says in, in his word that he is there uh, um, to heal and restore and he's there to the brokenhearted and those who are like mourning and stuff. And I, be- I believe he is a comforter and a healer. Mm. Mm. And yet I still am not healed mm. in, physically in some ways, um, not fully restored. And so I don't know. It's just... You know, listening to you just now, um, I just saw a, a picture of a, a blind skier. A blind skier? A blind skier. And um, I've I've seen them because we, we're from Queenstown, New Zealand, which has a ski field. Yep. And I've seen these blind skiers sometimes, Whoa. very rarely. And um, when they're skiing, they've got this person um, skiing backwards in front oh, of them. Oh, whoa. And um and then they sometimes ski forwards, but what they're doing mm-hmm. is they're yelling out left, mm-hmm. right, left, left, <laughs> whatever it is. They're mm-hmm. yelling out those directions. And I tell you, when you realize they're blind mm-hmm. skiing, the testimony of them skiing is a lot more powerful than the skier next to them who's fully healthy Mm. doing the same thing so but it it creates a dependency so Mm. this this guy has a dependent on hearing the right voice Mm. yeah so when i hear your your testimony now and you're saying you know i still i'm still not fully healed Mm. but i see you as a blind skier Mm. and you've got this voice that you're now dependent on and when other people see that and I'm looking at a blind skier, mm. I would be saying, there's no way I'd be skiing down without being able to see. Mm. There's no way I could do that. That person is amazing. And that's that's what I see you're doing. You know, oh. you're you're <laughs> walking your walk of faith and you you might have this illness, um, a sickness, anything like that, and it's created a dependency to hear the Lord's voice. Yeah. And that actually is the testimony. There's a, another testimony in the Bible where there's a, there is a, another blind man and um, Jesus heals him and they say to him, who sinned in his family for, mm. to cause this person to be born blind? Mm. Was it his mother? Was it his father? Yeah. Who, who caused this blindness? And um, Jesus responds and he says, nobody, nobody yeah. sinned. Yeah. I mean, everybody sins, really, but nobody mm. sinned yeah. to cause this. Yeah. This man was born blind mm. so that he could be healed. Yeah. So that he could see God's glory. And, um, yeah, ironically, eh, he was blind to be made to see. I yeah. think that's so awesome. Um, but, like, truly see. Yeah. Mm. And that's what I see with your testimony. You've got this walk of faith. And it's constantly in dependency of Christ. And that's a really healthy place to be in, mm. really. It's and so it's very true. impressive <laughs> to sit here and listen mm. to your incredible story. Oh, really, really cool. <laughs> so mm. we, we must be up to where you are. You've just started doing YWAM, have you? Yeah, I have. Which stands for Youth with the Mission, if yep. anybody's listening. And aren't sure with these acronyms sometimes. <laughs> There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and it's it's so true like all i can say is like it's god who's really brought me here to this place mm. and he's just given me everything i need like even he's i was lonely and so he's given me friends i needed a car and i got a car um i need new clothes and he got me new clothes like it's just all these things and he's so real and so alive and I think that what I've really learned through this time is that, you know, there's faith when you've been healed of something. Um, you know, th- those cool stories you hear of people like um, who like were blind and then could see or like mm. people. And it's just amazing. And I know it's totally God's heart. And that faith is incredible. And then there's also faith to be able to walk out when you, you can't see, like you were saying. Yeah. And so I just like... I want to say to anyone who's like grown up Christian um, and is like walking that out and hasn't strayed. Like I, I haven't, again, like 
my testimony, apart from, you know, all that health stuff, like uh, I haven't really gone down the road of drugs or done anything too radical. Um, I guess like it's that just kind of like holding on and like just wanting to believe in God and just Mm. knowing that surely, surely if all these people around me are believing in God, there must be a God. And I think that that happened. That's what my YWAM journey took me on because I I came and like I was saying, I was full of life. Um, But something that I really struggled with on my YWAM DTS, and I, I know that it is a struggle for a few people out there, is that my roommates and my DTS were just the most incredible, it's the most incredible time that they were just having all these crazy encounters with God. And I was like, well, this is so cool. Like I remember my roommates, one of them saying they saw a vision as real as day. Like they saw a vision that's real as day. And then my other um, roommate, she was like, I've just felt God like lifting my arms and I couldn't physically hold them down and all this stuff. And I was like, wait, what? Like, God can do that like again because I grew up in church but I realized I probably really hadn't heard many testimonies of Mm. like people and and what was going on in their lives and just all this good stuff God was doing I heard so much about like we're just waiting for this or we're believing for this or um I don't know but I didn't hear like this deep love for God so much Mm. um as I did when I came here and people were just talking about God um just loving God and just excited about God. And that really stirred something in me because like, whoa, like Christianity is exciting. God's exciting. Um, and so, but but yeah, I really struggled because I, during my whole DTS experience, I didn't have that. I, I never had that, I guess you'd say radical encounter, people would mm-hmm. call it. Um, and so that's kind of when my questioning about whether God was real or not came in, which is crazy because it's on this most faith-filled course. Like yeah. you would think it, it would do the complete opposite. Mm. But for me, I hadn't really questioned about God until mm. I came to YWAM because cause all this stuff was happening and then I hear all these different stories and I'm like, how come I don't feel it? Like I just couldn't remember mm. someone's feeling really empty and being like, like what is going on like god if you could do that how come when i pray and pray and pray it never happens for me Mm. um and so it made me really sad and so this course this dts discipleship training school course is five months long and it wasn't until the last week where i just kind of had this built-up sadness inside me and i was Mm. just just like i love this course it's changed my life but yet i feel so empty because now there's like this realization that maybe like is god real like that's when mm. the questions started coming in and i just remember this day and it was like this movie scene it was like like raining and windy and it was the, like one of the second to last days at, at on the ywam course and we were all emotional because we're going to be leaving each other and and i just remember walking up we have like a hill at the back of the ywam property um and I just remember walking up that hill when it was rainy and windy and I was crying and it was like a movie scene. I was like, oh, God, where are you, God? <laughs> I was like actually speaking that out, like like this movie scene. <laughs> and I walked up to the top of the hill and then when I sat there at the top of the hill, suddenly the sun came out um, and I just sat there and I was just crying and I just sat there in the peace and I'm like, God, I need you to speak to me. And suddenly I just felt really peaceful and it wasn't an audible voice (laughs) of God like yes joy (laughs) um but I just kind of just wrote down what I was feeling in my heart that he was saying over over me Mm. and it was just peaceful and just beautiful and it was a whisper it was like a whisper it was like God in the whispers and it's like you could so easily just overlook that like there's so Mm. many things in life you could so easily overlook Um, but it's actually God speaking to you. Um, Mm. just, it just could be like this random word just pops in your head. Um, and you don't even realize, but that's God saying something to you Mm. and, and stuff. And so that, that happened and I just felt light after that. And I walked back down the hill and the sun went away and it was raining again. It was just, it was just like a crazy moment. And even the weather, like I could have easily missed that. Mm. Even that I could have easily Mm. missed. Yeah. 
but God was speaking and talking. And after that moment, I, I can't say that, you know, it was all magically like, boom, easy, no more questions about God. No, it was like the opposite. And I still journey through like so many questions about God. Mm. Um, but it's good because it means that you go to him. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you like reach out to him and like do you have that faith when even you can't feel him? I love that, you know, that Waymaker song. And it's like, yeah. even when I can't feel it, you're working. Even when I can't see it, you're working. Um, you never stop. You never stop working. And it's like that faith to believe that even in the midst of like health issues or even the midst of seriously, like I had a time of just seriously not even feeling happy about God or just feeling empty about God. And this was on the DTS course. This is when, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> so it, but but it's like the faith to hold on yeah and god told me this once like this is another just random like sentence that popped in my head he said trust in the truth that is holding you still and think about it it's a kind of like a weird thing to think but what is holding you still in god what what is that truth that trust in that truth that is holding you still in him um and i just think of all those stories of other people and all the times God's provided to me, for me and just remembering to just hold on. And, mm. um, yeah, it's worth it. Perseverance is worth it. For worth mm. it. And Sounds like that scripture, be still and know that yeah, I am the Lord. Yeah, exactly. And how can you be? How can you know God if you're not still? Mm. Um, but I know that life is busy and crazy, but, you know, he is this God of gentleness and stillness and, and so, yeah, and so, you know, and also when you look at the Bible, it's not this book of, like, happy sunshines and rainbows, although there is a rainbow in the Bible, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's such a sad book. It's a story of suffering and death, but a story of restoration and hope for mm. the end to come. Yep. But, but yeah, there is suffering to come. And, it's true. You know, it's just something to be like, yeah, suffering this is going to come, but God is bigger and better and exciting and good. Mm. Yeah. There is yeah. goodness from God. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Drew, do you have any advice for maybe anyone who's listening who has a diagnosis um, that they're struggling with or any health issues? Mm -hmm. um, how do they keep their faith strong? How do they mm. stay in that still place? That's really good. Um, I would say that first off, it's okay to be super emotional and like just, I, I think it's totally healthy to, to be sad and upset and angry. Um, but it's important not to stay in that place mm. and to actually realize your identity and, and, and realize that you're just so worth it and that, um, you know, this thing like health issues and stuff may try to wear you down in life, but don't let that heaviness hold you. Mm. Like, God, God is truly there and never stop seeking him and do it with him. Mm. Like, you know, ask him. If, if you're a believer in God and, and you know God speaks to you, ask him, like, God, why why am I having to go through this? Mm. Like, he will tell you. Um, yep. He will tell you. And, and so, yeah, just don't give up, I guess, is my <laughs> my biggest thing. And look to the light because yeah. there, there always is light. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very, very good. Awesome. Um, well, thank you, Joy. You're no a joy to be around. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, thank you for coming on the podcast again. <laughs> and, um, Hopefully this sharing. one works. Yeah, you've got an amazing <laughs> testimony. Um, and yeah, it's one of those ones that uh, I, I like how you said, you know, I haven't gone through drugs and alcohol. I haven't been possessed. I haven't, mm. you know had any of the maybe died or gone to hell and gone to heaven or whatever it is. I haven't had any of that happen, mm. but your testimony about remaining focused on Christ and just, just a, a normal life. You've had your health issues, yeah. but keeping that focus on Christ and that dependency on him and what that really shows, like everyone has a testimony. Yeah. Yours is not like, don't let the devil tell you that your testimony is boring or anything mm. like that. Your testimony is captivating. Your mm. testimony is one that, you know, shows that this is who I believe in. These are the reasons mm. why. 
and this is how he set me free. You know, he's healed me. Here, here, here. Yeah, he's so true. He's shown me um, direction when I felt lost. Mm. Um, and and the Bible says, you know, Jesus is the shepherd, and the sheep know my voice. And you're you're striving after going, Lord, speak to me. And he, and he shares with you. He goes, you know, this is this is what I want want you to know. Mm. And um, yeah, I just think that you've got, got such a remarkable testimony. Aww. And <laughs> yeah, very very cool, Joy. Thank and you. And <laughs> be bold about it. It's, yeah. Anybody listening and you've got a testimony, be bold about your testimony. Um, everyone has one. If you totally. know Christ Jesus, you've got a testimony. It's that simple. Um, so, yeah, thank you, Joy, for joining us on the Jesus Magnet podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, continue to follow us. Um, leave a review on our website, thejesusmagnetpodcast.com. Um, and yeah, we'd, we'd love to get in touch with you. If you want to share your testimony, let us know. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and, um, send us a message. We would love to contact you and uh, get into sharing your testimony. So we'll see you next time on the Jesus Magnet podcast. <laughs>